Welcome to Life It Just Keeps On Going, a podcast that looks at both this life and the fact that this life just keeps on going. You'll learn about how our mind, body, and spirit are connected and how a variety of light healers approach detecting energy flow and making sure it's flowing smoothly. We're going to bring you into the world of very serious people who help their patients through past life regressions, mediums who carry messages from those on the other side, and people who have died and traveled over and back. Please come along. Hi, this is James. I'm Ivy League educated, and I practiced law for over 30 years. In a previous episode, Dr. Alyssa Lindahl explained how she changed from a very scientific scholar to an energy healer due to a near-death experience where her physical body died and her consciousness and soul continued into the other side. Today, we learn about her spiritual path that led her to be a master Reiki teacher and practitioner, a shaman, and an energy healer. Dr. Lindahl also gives us a very clear discussion of spirit guides and gives us the key to develop our own relationship with our guides. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy. We're back again with Dr. Alyssa Lindahl. Last time we had a chance to talk about her experiences that have changed her considerably. What I want to talk about today is her career path that has now gone to be an energy healer. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. Oh, it's so wonderful. I'm just so thrilled to be able to talk to you. And I'm hoping that you'll be willing to talk many more times because this is just awesome. Thank you. My understanding of the idea of Reiki is that we all have energy flowing through our bodies and that Reiki assists us with that energy flow. Is that along the right lines? So absolutely. So Reiki follows what I call Eastern well-being because, you know, there's a lot of of discussion about sort of the conflict between Eastern and Western, right? Reiki is part of what it would be Eastern well-being or the idea that that it's part of our, our whole system. And so other Eastern modalities talk about energy, talk about something called meridians, which is where energy flows through, just like blood, like veins hold blood, meridians hold energy. And so a lot of Chinese medicine talks about that, acupuncture, acupressure, reflexology. You know, so there are other older medicinal practices that have talked about this for thousands of years. And so Reiki is part of that concept that there is this energetic body, which sort of lays in our physical body. It is part of us. And that you receive attunements from someone who is a Reiki master and teacher who can teach you how to flow this energy. And these attunements allow you to move energy from your hands to the person's body. Okay. And then they are able to receive that through their meridian lines to flow through their entire physical body. Today, I had an energy session with you. Yep. And I felt that energy. I felt it coming from your hands. I didn't feel your hands touching me, but I felt heat Mm -hmm. uh, from your hands. And I felt the energy very distinctly and very positively. And that's what you do. That's correct. Okay. And people will feel a multitude of different things. Heat is very normal. Even the intensity of the heat can change depending on what's going on. People can feel tingling. They can feel like they're heavy. They can feel like they're floating. They can feel like they're being stretched. There are many different things that people feel when they're receiving energy in a session. 
but heat is very normal. And if, if people would look it up or they would Google it about what to expect, heat is one of the first things that people say that they can feel and they recognize. And, and you started out with Reiki and Susie became your mentor. Correct. And tell me a little bit about your experience with Reiki. So I had, once I met Susie, right, in March of 20, 2013, I had started seeing her twice a month to participate in, right, energy sessions. In, I want to say June or July of 2013, I had said to her, I had asked, because it's my personality, what's the next step? That's just kind of who I am. What's the next step? What do we do? You know, what's beyond this? And she said, oh, well, the next step is, is an attunement for you to start doing this. Oh. And so I trusted her and I had started that process. My Reiki One attunement was July 2013, where I participated in a class. And then I received my first attunement. And for Reiki, there are three different attunements. Each are like an advanced level. And then there's the opportunity to participate in a third class, which is to be a teacher or to be able to then sort of teach other people and attune other people on the, on that particular modality. As you said, that that's the, your personality. Did you hit the goal? Did you get through all those? Oh, absolutely. I went through level one, two, and three shortly after the year. So by the beginning of 2014, I had completed all of that coursework and, and all of the volunteer work that was part of it. And then after that, then I started to look and see what other modalities are available, what other things can you do. And then I participated in a shamanic training. So I'm now a shaman as well. A shaman is traditionally in indigenous cultures. It is the person that within an indigenous culture or, or a tribe that they would go to see a shaman if they are having a, a spiritual crisis, if they are looking for guidance, if they are looking for anything in terms of their spiritual, mental, or emotional well-being. Lots of people interpret shaman, they will say like, oh, it's the doctor. And that's not actually what it is. It's if you would call it in our culture, it would be um, a mixture of like a psychologist and a psychic. Right. So the shamans really are there to help people with their spiritual work, having access to what they call the underworld, the other side, having access to Gaia, which is what they call Earth, and source to sort of bring in information. And their goal is really to provide information from outside of us to promote peace, harmony, to reduce conflict within a person or within a community. Right. So their role is not necessarily medicinal. It could be. Right. But really more of their work is to work with people or communities in terms of alleviating distress. Much different than Reiki. Reiki is a pure energy flow. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really deal with spirits or anything beyond the veil, as they say. It is passing energy th through the Reiki practitioner into the person who's receiving the treatment. Correct. But that's not the same with the shamanism. That's correct. Right. And, and what drew you to shamanism? Through the help of Susie, my mentor, and sort of wanting to get more information, access to more things, she started to really help me with my innate gifts and, and really sort of starting to step into my abilities as a psychic or intuit, as some people call it. And so that was the next step. It was, okay, here is how you advance. And really what I was looking for was, how do I continue to help people? Because I felt like I wasn't living up to my potential or my calling. 
Reiki is phenomenal. It, it provides a, a great service to people. I was looking for something that was deeper, that, that there could be, I could access more information or to be able to provide a deeper understanding or a deeper healing to people who needed it. I just did an interview with someone that is a Reiki practitioner, and they indicated that there are a lot of different types of Reiki. Are there any types of Reiki that do reach beyond this world or into the next, or is it all basically different types of energy flow? So I'm going to answer to the best of my knowledge because I'm not educated on all the different types. So I'm going to try not to misspeak. More recently, there are different types of Reiki that have been presented. And so the idea is that there is a stronger flow. Reiki uses symbols to be able to increase flow or, or to increase sort of the structure of Reiki. And so there has been information that there are new symbols that have sort of been brought to, to light. I see. I see. And so those additional symbols create a stronger flow okay. of Reiki. Okay. So when everyone is attuned to Reiki, they all receive a guide, which okay. is something that is beyond them, right? Which is connected okay. with source or creator, or God, however you want to call it. And so the connection is with the practitioner and their guide. So that is sort of what's beyond I them. I see. Right? So, so there is a component within Reiki of the world beyond. Correct. If you don't mind me just asking you, what is a guide? What's that all about? So a guide is something that is ethereal or astral, right? Sort of beyond, it doesn't have a physical human form, but a guide is a astral being that has had at least one lifetime on earth. So that they can help you navigate what you are doing on earth at this time. They are not angels, no. This is a being that is in the next world or the other world, the other side of things, and and they have been either on earth or some other lifetime. Correct, correct. And so the, the goal is for them to guide you, to help you navigate different problems or different tasks, right? So a Reiki guide is an individual being that has been assigned to you to assist you with your Reiki practice, right? And so it's individual. You have your guide. Your guide isn't someone else's guide, right? They're sort of your individual mentor, if you will, from an astral plane. My understanding is that guides communicate with us and we may not realize that it's the guide that's talking to us. Is that correct? Absolutely. I'm laughing, actually, as you're saying it, because I tell people as I I mentor them, I mentor people on different different levels. And so the one thing I say, and people probably will say if they hear this, oh, yeah, Alyssa says this all the time, um, is that there are no coincidences in life. Okay. Source your guide or your, I like to call it your team, right? Okay. They are always communicating with you in a way to help you move forward and to be as successful or accomplish as many goals as you can in this lifetime. So if you start to choose to want to think that, you know, if you change directions, right, you go down a different street, if you're like, oh, I just, I'm going to make a left rather than a right. You're not doing that on a whim. It's because your unconscious or your energy is connected with your team or your guide And you're doing that because that's the way you're supposed to go. And if you start to think that you are always in communication, right, that your team is always communicating with you 
for you to advance. It allows you to then communicate back, right? The more I get involved with this through the podcast and the things that I'm learning, the more I start to realize, oh, I forgot about that. Thank you. Thank you, guide. That's exactly Because it. it's just, I forgot all about that. And then now all of a sudden, not a coincidence, now all of a sudden I remember it. Yes. And it's not just me searching my memory banks. What should I remember? It's What your energy is saying is, oh, I'm missing this. It's almost putting out a signal. And that signal is going to your guide and your guide's like, oh, I can help. Right. And, and here it is. Right. Here's what you're looking for. And the more you're willing to allow it, the more it will happen. So I tell people once they want to believe and accept that their team is communicating with them and they start communicating back, the communication gets stronger and stronger every day. And really, anybody can connect up with their team. Everybody, everybody can connect. Everybody has a team. Everybody has a team. And everybody can connect. If you start to look at your thoughts as they, what you think are your thoughts coming in, and you start to recognize, is that really my thought or or? That's exactly it. Then you start to get into that a little bit. And I tell people, it's, I always, this is the way how I, ex I explain it. When you're born, you have a team, right? You could have a hundred angels, 50 guides, but you start out with a cell phone that has no numbers. And each of your guides, everyone on your team has their own individual number, like like we all have our own individual cell phone number. And once you say you have a Reiki guide and once you attune, you get their phone number. So now you can dial them, right? And then each time that you access a new guide or more information or another angel you feel connected to, you now have their phone number. And so when you need them, how do you do it? Or if we're, if we're using our cell phone, we have to dial the number, right? And so that's how I communicate it to people. If you want to have access, you have to first get their phone number and then you have to make the call. That's and the more you do it. And I think that's going to be so helpful to me and to many other people. Right. Because if, you th if you're starting to think that you might have guides, then you've got the ability then to follow up on that. That's exactly it. And you're going to start realizing it more and more. Yep. And one of the things that when I'm trying to teach people how to practice connecting is I say, if you just say, say your, your guy's name is Bob, Bob, give me the answer to the equation. Well, you might not get that popping in your head initially. But if you want to start communicating with Bob and to start trying to figure it out, you want to ask a question, should I go to the beach on Saturday? Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes, show me a zebra. If the answer is oh, no, okay. show me a rainbow. And then you wait and you will get, you will either see a zebra or you will see a rainbow. But sometimes when you're starting out, sometimes telling them what a yes is and what a no is to communicate so you recognize it you're sort of setting up the communication to go well, right? Let me just stop for a second and tell you how much I appreciate you sharing that because I know there are other people besides me that really want to develop a stronger relationship with their guides. Now you've told us how to do that. And I really appreciate you sharing that because that's going to enable a lot of people to move forward. It's not like you wave a magic wand and all of a sudden, You've got this strong connection. It takes time and work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's learning a whole new language. If you think about how long it took us, right? When we were born, we didn't have speech. Right. We had to listen for four, six, eight months to people talking to us nonstop for us to pick up basic words. 
And then by the time we were one, two, three, we had small sentences, we had more expression. If you think, how long does it take a person to actually learn language? Five, six. And then you have to learn more complex language. But even just communicating their feelings to someone else, we're talking three, four, five, uh, you know, four, five, six, actually. So if it takes us that long to do it with people who are in front of us, thinking that if you're trying to expand your ability to talk with your guides that are astral, you should at least give yourself that much time. That's great advice because... I think all of us in this today's world, we, we want to be able to learn things immediately. We right. want to get know how to do things immediately. And that's really not the way you would develop a relationship with your guide. That's exactly it. Okay. That's exactly it. Now we've learned how to develop the relationship. Right. You just have to do it, though. Correct. And, you know, one day at a time. And I think another reason why people think that it just sort of comes is that when there's talking to, to people like myself or other people who have been doing it much longer than I am, who have been accessing their gifts for, for decades, right? I'm coming up on my 11th year. And you talk to people who have been 20, 30, 40 years of mediumship and these things. And so they are able to access it pretty easily. They've also had 10, 20, 30, 40 years of it. And so people didn't see the beginning, how much of a struggle it was. And like for myself, I'm doing this every day. So I'm having contact every day versus one Saturday a month or two Saturdays a month when you first start. And so a lot of times when people are looking at those of us who have had longer experience, we can access things quickly because we've had longer experience. And so I try to remind people, remember, if you're looking at me wanting to do what I do, remind yourself, I'm 11 years ahead of you. So you have to start at the beginning and then hopefully at 11 years, hopefully you're beyond what I could have done. Yeah. Stick with it. That's and exactly you keep it. doing it. Spirit is behind all this. I mean, the spirit is in favor of your connection, right? Absolutely. I tell everyone, I'm like, everyone is supposed to be able to access their intuition. It is something we all have. You are supposed to be able to access it if you choose to. And so you are not going to get any blocks from source to access something you were gifted with immediately at birth. I see, right? I see. There are so many things that I intended to talk about today that we haven't and that I want to in later interviews, but I see a lot on like YouTube, people talking about manifesting and about that if you have the intention that you're going to achieve something. What, what's up with all that? Oh, Jim, you're, you're, you might get me on a soapbox here. So I tend to view things more as an idea of kind of what the quantum realm is now starting to talk about. And as metaphysical, the metaphysical community starts to talk about what is quantum, the idea that all things are possible, right? You have access to everything. Okay. And that it is your decision of what you're going to access is then what you get. Whereas manifestation says that I have to sit here and I have to think about it and then I have to call it in and then I have to do all of the things and then I'm going to magically make it appear. I hear people on these things saying, I've been manifesting a lot lately. And, and I'm thinking that, that doesn't kind of ring true for me. What, what resonates more with me and, and, and there, are lots of, there are lots of people that manifestation man, that resonates with them and that's great because they're still sitting in what is metaphysical, right? They're still trying yes. to access it. Yes. But me personally... I sit better and I agree more with the idea that source is all encompassing, right? Right. So we all are a part of source. And so if source is all encompassing, then so are we. 
And so what we have to get beyond is the human limitation that is us. And so if I believe source is going to give me all possibilities, then as a human, I have to decide what possibility I want. And then I'm going to go do that. Do we have time? I'll give you I'll give you a funny example. Oh, please. do. (laughs) I I have a new car and I have been wanting this car now for a while. Right. I had an older car before that and have been looking around, looking around. Right. And I know that if it's meant to be and I believe it's part of my possibility, the source is going to bring it to me. Right. Right. And so I could have just patiently waited because I know sources. I've already decided, yes, I want it. I agree to it. It will come to me. Being a human, sort of gotten patient with waiting. And so I went to dealerships, drove around other cars. You know, this isn't it. This, and in my, the back of my head, I'm going, well, I know my car's coming. I'm just sort of pacifying myself, okay. right? And so I had found a car that was almost identical to the one that, like, I had told Source, yes, right? Quantumly, I had said, yes, you bring it to me. This is what I agree to. Okay. And I had found one almost identical. It was black rather than red. And I was sitting there. And the human part of me was like, just buy it. Buy it because this is close to what you want, right? Close enough. And I'd sat on it for one night. And the next morning, I actually had called because I said, you know what? I'm going to buy it. I'm sick of waiting, right? I'm sick of waiting. I'm sick of waiting. And I had called it. You had actually decided to pull the trigger. I was, well... I decided that I wasn't going to wait anymore, even that, right, even though that's in all my reality that what I wanted was coming, that I just was going to, in my human state, pick something close, right? And I had contacted the dealership. I said, okay, I'm going to buy that car. And they said, oh, no, no, someone already bought it yesterday. Oh, my goodness. And so I was so upset because I was like, I was that close to like exactly what I wanted. And later that day, I got a text message from an old friend of mine with a picture of the exact car I wanted. And he said, hey, it's in Lidditz. I know you've been looking. And so he's like, they just put it up today. Oh, my goodness. And so I call them and I'm like, hi, my name is Alyssa Lindahl. I am coming in for this car. Please do not sell it to anyone else. I'm 25 minutes away. I am coming in with my checkbook. (laughs) And I drove up. And that's the car you see in my driveway. and And I drove up and I sort of got out and I was like, where's the car? And they actually asked me if I wanted to drive it. And the first thing I said, no, no, I want to give you a deposit so you don't sell this car to anyone else. Then I will go drive it. That's what I think of more in terms of quantum. I knew it was my reality. I knew Source had told me it was possible. And so I don't feel like I manifested the car. I had to wait for it to come to me because I agreed to have it. Does that make sense? It does. You know, that's the way I feel about this podcast Mm -hmm. is I feel that it's going to be heard by people. Yep. It may not be being heard by many people at this point in time, but it's going to be mm-hmm. because that's what's going to happen. And I'm confident that it will. Right. And There's no other way. There, that's what's going to happen. It's like you're going to get that red car. Yep. The exact car that you've been looking for. That's exactly. And as I pulled up, I noticed you do have a, a red car that I don't <laughs> remember seeing when I came before one time. Yep. For, okay. Oh, that's so neat. That's so, so So hopefully that, that helps explain the idea of, of qu- the, the concept of quantum. I knew it was a possibility. I agreed to it. And so I didn't manifest anything. I just had to wait for source to bring it to me. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, that's um, great. Yeah. That's great. Dr. Alyssa, can't tell you how much it means to me to have spoken to you today, to have had the energy treatment. 
And I just am hoping that we can continue this another day because you have so much to offer us. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here and giving us your wisdom. And I'm not kidding. I'm not buttering you up. I mean it very genuinely. We're, we're really blessed to have you here talk. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love the opportunity to, to deliver any knowledge that I have for people that they can use and can help them on their path. I'm going to hold you to it. As you just learned, words are very powerful. And Dr. Alyssa Lindahl is really incredible in using words to convey complicated issues clearly. I'm really looking forward to the next time she can be with us. On January 8th, we'll start our second season outright. Friend of the show, Margie Florimbio, tells us about how a Reiki practitioner can work with a person to go deeply into any past trauma and work to heal it. So fascinating. Episode 2 of our second season will be released on January 22nd. Scholar, soul regressionist, advanced past life regression therapist, and author Carol Louie We'll continue our discussion of her new book that will be coming out soon. Don't forget Margie Florimbio on January 8th. Until then.